This podcast is brought to you by DIA, the trusted global neutral forum for healthcare product development professionals. DIA, driving insights to action. The global pandemic demonstrated to the entire world not only the importance of regulatory systems and processes that ensure the safety and efficacy of health and therapeutic products, but the importance of the regulatory strategies behind these systems, especially in the vast and complex network of European healthcare, scientific, pharmaceutical, regulatory, and patient communities. DA Europe 2022, DA's annual flagship event in Europe, will feature a regulatory strategy track that will examine such topics as the European Regulatory Network Strategy, the EMA Regulatory Science Strategy, the European Commission Pharmaceutical Strategy, and how they interface with global regulatory and industry advances. I am Elena Popa, Senior Manager of Scientific Programs for DAA Europe, Middle East, Africa, India, and Singapore, And today we are honored to welcome two experts in regulatory strategy in Europe and two longstanding contributors to DA educational programs on this topic. Dr. Isabel Stockert, who serves as Vice President and Head of Regulatory Affairs, Europe, Middle East and Africa at Bayer, and also serves on several committees in the European Federation of Pharmaceutical Industries and Association, or FPA. Thank you very much, Isabel, for joining us today, and welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. The second person we have on this podcast today is Dr. Henrik Nielsen, Vice President, Global Regulatory Sciences at Novo Nordisk. Henrik represents Novo Nordisk as regulatory and biotechnology expert in FPM, where he chairs the International Regulatory Expert Group, as well as the International Federation of Pharmaceutical Manufacturers and Associations, or IFPMA, and the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, or Pharma. Welcome, Henrik, and thank you very much for joining us today. Hello, Inina, and looking forward to be talking to you. Both Isabel and Henrik are very committed to DA vision and mission, and are contributing to DA Europe 2022 as topic leads, which means they help with the program development, topic selections, and speaker recommendations. Together, we are ensuring that the regulatory strategy track encompasses not only the present regulatory landscape in Europe, but also the strategy the industry and regulatory bodies are envisioning for the next five to 10 years. Isabel, if we may begin with you. Many persons seem to best understand the need for regulatory authorities and regulation as part of the healthcare research and development, or R&D, system in Europe. Are the topics in this team that specifically address R&D for therapeutical products in Europe? That is exactly the focus and the main focus of our theme here. On the one hand, we will talk about continuous scientific dialogue between stakeholders to design the most effective development programs. COVID-19 has shown that rapid and frequent scientific advice speed innovation. How can we develop this further? The topic will also address how we in EU continue to develop high medical need breakthrough medicines program. PRIME is our European pathway is now five years old and the learnings have to be integrated in the design of a future toolbox in a potential new legislation. COVID-19 has shown that a more flexible process such as rolling review can speed innovation. 
we will also see a roadshow of what are the challenges of R&D and these new medical products with a clear outlook why the EU regulatory system needs profound adjustment for future innovation. And we should not forget that it is important to look into how to bring innovative drug device combination products to our patients in the interplay between the various jurisdictions and competent authorities. That's a major challenge that we will face next year. Virtual trials are on the rise and COVID-19 crisis has demonstrated more can be done virtually than we ever imagined. So that's the program's team and I think it's really exciting. Helena, back to you. Thank you very much, Isabel, for the overview. Hendrik, if we could ask you to fast forward yourself into March next year, what is the regulatory environment you expect us to be in? I think as mentioned by Isabel, we sort of stand at a regulatory crossroad where we have hopefully the pandemic behind us and we have the European Commission who are gearing up and want to update the legislation for medicines in Europe. I hope that come March next year, that some of the advantages as illustrated by Isabel and those who do not require legislative changes have actually been implemented or we start seeing implementations. That could be easier access to scientific advice. It could be better ways of utilizing expedited pathways. So I hope we have seen the start of this. We may also have seen the first draft from the European Commission's in the new legislation on uh, orphan products or uh, pediatric products. And if that's the case, I, I hope that they come out in a way where they uh, recognize the need for Europe to be uh, both a relevant and attractive place to conduct innovative drug development. Thank you very much, Henry. Coming back now to Isabel, what would be your response to that question? Well, Henrik, I could not agree more. It will be a highly vibrant situation. The EU Commission has made it clear that there will be an overhaul of the EU regulatory system and that it is to increase innovative competitiveness for R&D. So that's really a great start for next year. And on the other hand, regulators and industry have worked day and night over the last two years to bring vaccines and therapies forward. We know very clearly that sustainability of the system is an issue. More regulatory resources and simpler processes are desperately needed. Thank you, Isabel. Henrik, if you could write up your own wish list for the future of EMA, what would that future of EMA look like? Well, I think before we go into detail, I think it's really important to underline that we need a strong science-based agency that does what they can to facilitate development of new medicines for the need of patients. That being said, we think there are opportunities to improve the way it works today. One idea could be to be even more scientific, be more expertise driven by having some of the uh, experts from the national health authorities attend based on their expertise and not necessarily based on even participation among member states. Also hope that it would be possible to maybe for the Commission and the EMA to front load some of the work which is currently being done between the opinion and the actual approved by the Commission. Why, when we have the positive opinion, do we have to wait two months before a new drug actually gets approved? I think the experience from COVID-19 where this has been done in, in hours actually uh, illustrates that it is possible to do so. It was also touched upon by Isabel. The combinations of drugs and devices is an issue where 
it's different legislation, it's different systems, and as a lot of innovative uh, drugs actually come with a significant device component, it's so important for us to have that well coordinated. And I would hope that the DMA is able and, and willing and possible for them to stand up and assume a more central role in, in the approval of such drugs. Thank you, Henry. Now, Isabel, how will this EMA of the future incorporate and represent the patient view? That is really an important question, and patient-focused drug development is very close to my heart. Individual patient views have been, but will even be more integrated into EMA's days-to-day progresses. I'm absolutely sure that will continue and that will even grow. On top of this, I believe the EMA's benefit-risk decisions will be informed by systematic research on patient experience and patient preference. Most of this will come from industry research and be part of our approval dossiers. I think that's the future that we have ahead of us and we're working on together. Thank you very much, Isabel. We have seen for these past two years that international collaboration has played a strategic role and fundamental role in developing the vaccines that we need and also the reliance and convergence of regulatory systems. Henrik, in your opinion, how will global convergence develop after ICMRA, the International Coalition of Medicines Regulatory Authorities, has taken such a proeminent role in designing development programs for COVID-19 medicinal products? I think the ICMRA has played a really important role here in, in coordinating among the regulators. And I think it's been a good approach in, in times of crisis to ha- have this approach. We can probably hope that also industry will have a, have a voice in a new crisis, maybe a little bit stronger as we are the ones developing and coming out with the new products to the patient. But time will show. Hopefully it will be a long time before we have a similar crisis. I think when it comes to the broader what are the guidelines applicable for how we develop new uh, medicines? I think the ICH will still be there uh, as a good vehicle. I, I do hope that some of the agility that ICMA and others have demonstrated here can also be implemented in the ICH system. I fully agree with you that many um, countries have learned that reliance and collaboration between regulators is a really good thing. The COVID-19 has really shown that. And I think this will stay, so we will see more uh, reliance between uh, regulatory authorities. We will probably see an increased use of different collaboration schemes uh, around the world. Thank you very much for your answer, Henrik. Isabel, what is your perspective on the same question? Well, I couldn't agree more. I think the one thing that I would like to add here is I'm very optimistic for the future that this trend of convergence will continue, and it will be built on the trust that has been created during the crisis. And not all the political systems um, will be supportive to the same extent, but uh, the regulators have really learned to work together. And that is, for me, a very optimistic view for the future on global convergence. Thank you very much, Isabel, for your answer as well. These are all the questions we had for today. Thank you very much to both of you for sharing your time and expertise. If you have any last words you would like to address to our audience, feel free. Well, maybe just add that as we see it now, we will have what we believe is a super exciting program in definitely times of change in in the regulatory environment. So uh, we hope to see many of you in Brussels in March of next year. 
looking forward to see you there. And thanks for the opportunity to comment and describe our program here. Thank you so much to both of you for your continuous support. I would like to remind to our listeners that you can learn more about regulatory strategy in Europe, but also what is happening around the world by attending DA Europe 2022, either in Brussels, as we hope so and as we plan for, or virtual online in March 2022. For DIA, I am Elena Popa. To learn more about this topic, visit us online at diaglobal.org. Thank you.